Welcome to Business of Design. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. The Business of Design podcast offers immediate, actionable strategies and a glimpse into some of the many field-tested, proven systems you can implement to transform your business and your life. After the show, head to businessofdesign.com and get started with the BOD 15-step project management strategy and six foundational programs. Together, they deliver the systems, procedures, and strategies you need to run a successful, highly profitable design business. There's no theory here. The complete BOD business model is yours through Business of Design membership. Business of Design. There's only one. And now, your BOD Advocate-in-Chief, Kimberly Selden. Hello, you fabulous interior design professional. Welcome to Business of Design, episode 350. What? That's insane. It feels like we just launched the podcast yesterday, but obviously not true. Episode 350, and we are talking about the power of innovation with an amazing guest, a true innovator. Her name is Joanne Swisterski, and she is a Toronto interior design professional. That's her main business. But you're going to hear in this episode that she has launched two side businesses directly related to the work she does as an interior design professional, and I'm very excited for her, both of them. I really feel a kindred spirit here with Joanne because I'm someone also who will not settle for this is good enough. And you're going to hear from Joanne how she became frustrated by the level of expertise available with those professionals using SketchUp and what she did to rectify that. And even more exciting, if you hang in there to the end of the episode, oh my gosh, she has the most amazing invention that she has just launched. And I'm so excited about it. You're going to hear in the episode that I asked her to send me one so I can try it. It's a ruler that will allow you to create a custom scale off a drawing that you've been given by a client that is not identifiable by scale. So you know how you go to a consultation and someone hands you a drawing of the building they just bought and it says a scale on the drawing, but of course it's been photocopied and it no longer applies. This ruler allows you to create a custom scale so you can see exactly what size everything is in the room and the window sizes and the door sizes, et cetera, et cetera. It does more than that, of course. It switches things from imperial to metric, back and forth, and that is really helpful as well in our line of work. But you have to hang in there to the end of the episode. And actually, at the very end of the episode, you're going to hear my Kiefer Sutherland story, which is like, you know, of course, why else did you tune into Business of Design? Because you wanted to hear my Kiefer Sutherland story. I know that. In the middle of the episode, Joanne also talks about her process for onboarding someone who's going to take on the task of doing her drawings, the kinds of information she gathers first, and how she downloads that to the person who's going to then do the drawings. And I can relate to this, of course, because I don't do the drawings myself, but it's my responsibility to understand what's required, what needs to be measured, what kind of information I need on the drawing, what I expect the drawings to look like when I get them back, et cetera, et cetera. So her process is tucked into the middle of the show as well. It's a great episode. You'll love Joanne. I certainly did. If we run into each other, you and me, please say hi. We talked about how you feel like people on a podcast are your friends. I've had that experience myself. And 
we are friends. We're peers. We're colleagues. We know each other. We get each other. So yeah, absolutely say hi. And before we jump into the episode, let's say hello to Cheryl Horn. You guys, we're so glad you're here. Thanks, Kimberly. Uh, last week, I did a free information session on membership, and I think that went really well. I got a lot more interest than I was initially anticipating, so I do think I'm going to start making that sort of a monthly uh, thing that I do. I do a lot of one-on-one calls to answer questions about membership, and for the most part, the questions are usually the same, but I think it sort of uh, was extra helpful to really see behind the scenes, know what you're getting into before you sign up, and I'm happy to do that on a regular basis. So uh, thank you for those who... Um, joined me and those who have already signed up since. I will add another session for uh, December for those hoping to join before the new year, but do want to get in and ask those questions first. Uh, Stay tuned for that. I'll also announce it on a future podcast when that date becomes available. Over the next two weeks, I'm doing something very similar for Boss, just a free information session. For those who have questions, I'll do a quick walk through what the Boss program looks like, uh, the application process, what the meetings look like, how members stay in touch, and what you can expect to gain from that experience. So uh, two different sessions, uh, both are the same, really just to give you a couple of different options. The first one is uh, only a couple days away, Thursday, November 16th at 1 p.m. EST, and then next Tuesday, November 21st at 1 p.m. EST as well. So they're just uh, free Zoom calls, but please register on the website if you're interested in joining me for that. And then as well, next week is our next BOD Live happening on November 22nd. And that's going to be led by BOD boss member Kylie Dean. She's agreed to do a little walk through how she manages her team with Asana. We get so many questions um, about different software programs, things like that. And she's really been our go-to for that. But this one has stood out in particular. I know she's done some training with her own boss group to teach them how to use it. And uh, based on the feedback we've received, a lot of them are implementing. So we thought we would pass that on to you as well. So please join us for that at BOD Live Wednesday, November 22nd at 1 p.m. EST. So all the details for any of these are on uh, the events calendar at businessofdesign.com. Thanks so much. Joanne, I understand you are uh, hiding at a neighbor's cottage at the moment. What is going on? Are you on the lamb? Is the law after you? <laughs> I wouldn't call it hiding. I would say just taking a, a favor from a gracious neighbor and and working on our cottage renovation. Oh. I say renovation, but it's really a rebuild. Okay. So it's noisy or there are walls missing at your place next door? There are no walls. There's just, it basically looks like a big deck. <laughs> Uh, I, you know what? I love the build. I love looking at the structure and the framing and I celebrate every one of those milestones, you know, when you see the frame go up and when you see the wires hanging and then you've got some drywall. I love it all. I guess that's why we're in this business. And yeah, yeah. And you are going to share with us what, uh, what I would describe as a superpower, which is well, you you tell us what the application was about because it was a really good introduction to how you uh, innovate in your business. Well, thank you. I'm glad you found it interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I started my business after working with many design, well, not many design companies, but for many years with design companies. I started in 2018. And what I did was I wanted to, I didn't want to be using AutoCAD. I didn't know if I should be using Revit. 
my partner suggested using SketchUp, and I thought, oh, that's not a serious program. You know, you can't do construction drawings with that. Everything's sticky. It's like, it's just for playing around. And he suggested that I look a little deeper into it because he thought maybe it had more power than I realized. And I feel like no one really talks about the software when it comes to interior design because it's not that clear. But it's important. It's like, you know, we spend all of our day on it. So very important. So I wanted to venture into the 3D world because I thought it was really important to just stay, you know, like current and it's just where everything's going. So I need to dive into it. So I looked into SketchUp and it turns out you can do construction drawings with it. You can actually do a lot of really elaborate work. So I just dove in really deep into it and I took courses and and like participated in all kinds of like group forums. And I just went like really deep into it and fell in love with it so much and became really good at it. And, and I was so happy with my decision, but the problem came, um, and I describe this as kind of like what happens when you buy the first electric car and then you realize there's no charging stations. Right. Um, <laughs> when you decide to trailblaze, you're like, wait a second, there's no backup for me. No one else is doing this. So the problem that I ran into, I was just getting enough work that I thought I need to just hire people. Mm. And so I interviewed a few people and asked them, like, how are your SketchUp skills? And I know that problem with SketchUp is that it's 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 easy to pick up on a very basic level. So everyone says they know how to use SketchUp. So it's very hard to discern who knows how to use it very well on a professional level. Right. To, so at the, at the level people. that you need for your drawing packages. Yeah. Exactly. And to trust people with my models, you really have to know what you're doing to not completely screw up my models because I go crazy if that happens. And I used to screw up my own models all the time before I became really good at it. So I know, you know, the repercussions for not being good at it. Um, so when I went into interviews with people, I would do them. It happened through COVID. So we would be doing a screenshot like this and, and I would ask them to pull up a model and like, you know, can you just show me how you work with it? And I just find that people were like, I don't know if you've ever used SketchUp. There's this term, things are sticky. Everything's just like stuck together. And that's just the worst thing that can happen in a model. And I would see everyone that I interviewed, there was this problem. I thought that's such a basic problem that, and these are people who were saying like, I'm an expert in SketchUp. So I just thought like, this is a really big issue. I don't know how I'm going to overcome this. So I went into the SketchUp forums and, and asked, is anyone else having this problem? Just finding a professional that SketchUp, like it's, it's one of the biggest 3D softwares in the world. Um, how can I not just find people? And Toronto is a huge city with so much talent. How am I having such a problem? Um, and someone responded saying, I can't have the same problem. I use this for my professional work. And a few other people responded. And we got together and started a company called Sloped, where we test and certify people in SketchUp. And then when we have these, we call them independent professionals. We call them IPs. So when we have our IPs, we then connect them to businesses that also are having the same problem as us because there's kind of a, it's a small pool, but it's a big enough pool that, that it needs a, a service like this. So, so does this, have this talent pool. Yeah. So has this become a side business, an adjacent business to your own where you are... <laughs> Right. Okay. So you are a temp service for people or an outsourcing resource for people. Yeah. Like a bit of an employment agency. That's not how we started out wanting to be. We just wanted people for our own business. Right. And then as we were finding this talent and certifying people, we felt like, you know, there's other businesses like us. So let's, you know, offer this to other businesses. And so it's kind of grown from there. And the most important thing to us and the founders is that we have people for our own business. So now when I 
you know, a client contacts me and they say, like, do you know, do you have capacity for this? I know that I do because there's, we just have our talent pool that I can draw from. And I have, at any point, I'm using like three to seven people to help me. So I have a very flexible office. Um, and it's still just me. I'm the only one that's actually, you know, that is part of the company. Um, and otherwise, I'm just using freelancers for every project, but they're freelancers that I've used on an ongoing basis and I know whose strengths are what and when a project comes up that I think is particularly suited to them then I'm then I start a contract with them so yeah that's that's sort of where I'm at with uh, that and I want to spread the word as well because it's like to other entrepreneurs like myself like you don't need to hire people and of course you do if you're becoming a very big office and you want people like ready to go but if you're still small and you're trying to scale responsibly and slowly, then this is a really good solution. Have you always been that kind of person? Because I guess I feel like I must be that kind of person too, who says this can't be where I'm going to stay stuck. This can't be the thing that's going to bring me to my knees. Like I'm not having it. So I'm going to figure out. You're exactly that person. I mean, you're the one who's like, <laughs> why is it a resource for designers? I'm going to make one. So that's, that's how I felt about this SketchUp issue. Well, Cheryl would tell you, Cheryl would tell me if I launched another business years ago, about 10 years ago, she said, if you launch one more business, I quit. So I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to focus on the ones I have. But the, the, the fact of the matter is you solve this problem and your solution is the solution for many other designers as well. Have you ever found yourself drowning in a sea of vendor logins, clicking through endless links and trying to keep tabs on all the orders for all your design projects? Well, say hello to Daniel House Club. They're not just any old club. They're founded by fellow designers who get us. They'll provide you with everything you need to manage your design business all in one place. Let Daniel House Club take the order logistics off your hands and handle the hassle. Matt lets you focus on what you do best, which is design beautiful spaces, right? With the industry's lowest trade pricing and flat rate shipping, which is awesome, across top vendors like Forehands, Eichholz, and Korean Co., you can take control of your business and increase your bottom line while delivering exceptional value. Join as a Pro Plus member today and get 50% off your membership at danielhouse.club backslash BOD. And because this community is so important to Daniel House Club, they're extending another special offer. Top BOD customers on DHC currently have over $100,000 of furniture on each of their boards. Whether you've been on DHC for years or you're signing up today, add $10,000 worth of goods to your board. That's not a lot, right? And you will be emailed a $100 gift card to use on future orders. Thank you, Daniel House Club. We love that. All right. So have you always been that kind of person who's been willing to look at a problem from the opposite side and and tackle it and innovate? Uh, yes, it's a blessing and a curse, as I'm sure you know, because you only have so much time in a day. And I just have a an issue with workarounds. And just generally, I feel like, you know, the, the world is based on innovators and we don't just keep doing things the same way we, when we know they're broken. Like someone has to step up and do it a better way. It's always harder for that first person that does it. But I mean, you get to reap the rewards and then everyone after you get to reap them you know, many fold over because right. they just get 
you, they go straight you know, to the, the answer. Of <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay. Then have you ever tackled uh, software, project management software? Because there's a dozen of them or more, I guess. Every single one of them is good. Every single one of them has features that are great. And every single one of them has setbacks and limitations and areas that you just create a major struggle for the designer. Mm-hmm. So have you thought about going there next? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think uh, I have thought about that a lot. And I know that there's so many people tackling it because just in the four years that I've been having my own business, there's there's been at least three companies that have come out that are, you know, claim to do everything a designer wants in one. Right. It never really is in one. And I think the issue with people trying to do everything in one is that they forget how unique people's workflows are and what works for one designer is not necessarily going to work for another. So for example, I have House and House wants me to not only tag all my products, but also to purchase everything through them and just use them exclusively. But it doesn't really work for me for many different reasons. So I have to split things up between different programs, but I just can't imagine a scenario where one software works for everyone for everything. I don't think it's a thing. I think it's kind of like being a jack of all trades. You're right. not an ace of any of them. So I think that that's just the problem that they need to face. I, w- I was thinking the same thing. You, I For years, I tried to hire someone who could do everything, and that was a disaster. Nobody can do everything. It's far better to... Sure, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Prove me wrong. You're so right about that. You're so right about that. But the fact of the matter is hiring someone who has a specific skill set to do a specific job is so much more satisfying and rewarding. And so probably it would be better with some of these software project um, or project management software companies if they had a niche and a particular thing that they did really well. I think at the, the bottom line mm-hmm. for most of them is they want you to do purchasing through them because it's extremely profitable. And that's, that's, and that's a challenge because we're giving up profitability to a software company. Why would, we, why would I do that? that that's always mm-hmm. been a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is their root problem. I think it starts in an innocent way that it really is a designer that is trying to solve a problem. Uh, and then it evolves into where's the money coming from. And that's kind of where they put their focus. It becomes very clear where the profit comes from. Right. Um, but I was going to say something else. Yeah. For example, I started using for slope the um, employment agency, let's call it. We wanted something. One of the partners is kind of obsessed with everything being in one place. And I keep trying to tell him, like, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. Like, you know, our accounting is in QuickBooks because that's the best thing for it right now. And our contracts are in a company called Outlaw. And that's just that's the only thing I can do specifically that. And and we tried looking into this one software called Odoo, which is kind of more for like big companies that do sales, which we didn't realize at the time. But anyways, we looked into it. And what I do when I'm looking into these kind of softwares is I just go onto Reddit and see how much people are complaining about them. So get these huge threads of like people just unleashing all of like their experiences. Rage. And everyone was saying like their the accounting portion is just like it's nowhere near as good as QuickBooks. Yeah, everything else works. But again, just getting back to the fact that there's no one thing that's going to be great at everything and be everything you want it to be. But I think with just how automations and AI is developing, even with Slope, we're kind of discovering that you can integrate softwares and do automations for things really easily. And, you know, if you just have like 
one guy that you hire for whatever small period of time, he can make so many connections between things and make things kind of streamlined. So I think that we can like be individuals and just use the, the softwares that we like specifically for us that work for us and just make everything work together. At least hopefully one day it'll all work in a more streamlined way. I failed to ask, and I think it, people are going to be curious, what does SLOPE stand for? <laughs> well, it was just kind of a maybe pathetic attempt to create a, a word out of an acronym, which it's SketchUp Layout Professional. So we just had like SLP and we we're trying to figure out words that sort of integrated Slap. that maybe had an no. actual to it. <laughs> so I kept trying to convince, because first we were like the SketchUp and Layout Guild of Independent Professional. <laughs> I was like, maybe something like Nike or... Uh, air yeah, or air <laughs> just like you know one word it's catchy it's easy to remember so that's why i just looked at the slp and i thought sloped slope sloped sloped okay done <laughs> for the for the design professional listening who um maybe isn't using sketchup right now uh, is is there an on-ramp for them to jump in because you have these qualified professionals now I would say probably a good thing to do is just start using, if you have a project that you don't want to have anything to do with, say if someone comes to you with like a small renovation and you just don't have time for it, just hire one of them and let them do the project and you can learn from their models and from their workflow. Um, Because When when you say let them do the project, you mean create the drawing package. Create the drawing package, yeah, not necessarily do and client or anything. Yeah, just do all the all okay. the drafting, all the three D modeling. Okay, yeah, that that seems like a reasonable choice for somebody. Yeah, most designers don't really like doing that anyway. I really love doing it, but I don't have time to do it with all the projects. So I pick my pet projects, and I like I just before I got on the phone with you, I just got off the phone with one of my freelancers, and there's like a small renovation that he's working on is something that I'm not really that interested in. (laughs) I mean, I want the client to be very happy, but I'm not interested in just doing the drafting or the modeling for it. So I'm happy to hand that off. And I mean, that's kind of the whole point of a being a business owner versus, uh, you know, an employee is you give work to other people and you charge for their time, you make some money off of their time. Right. How do you um, get your, slope representative how do you how do you get the person who's going to be doing the sketch up for you on board with your designs what kind of information do you give that person to get them started well when i i go to the design consultation client and i get as much information from them as i can of course i follow your steps with the uh, design the consultation summary so i give them the summary and i also ask the clients when i go to meetings to make sure to be ready with concept images and then we review those concept images. So by the time I leave, I have a really strong understanding of what their style is and, you know, what direction we're heading towards. And before I really hand it off to a freelancer, I will also have done the site measure and have all the pictures. So I just have one meeting with them where I review everything I know. And if there's uh, emails from clients, cause often I'll have like, bunch of back and forth with the client before I get started on things I just need to clarify so I'll just give them all of that as well and yeah just do my own design presentation for them and then just leave them be for a while and then review everything like just now I was reviewing uh like two floors of a house with the freelancer and you know just a few little pointers here and there like 
in the wife's office. I think it'd be better if she was, if the window was facing her from this direction and the other window was behind her because if her kids are there, you know, I was just explaining my, my thought flow, let's call it. Um, and why, you know, the rationale behind my decisions just so I perfectly understands it and, yeah, just go through it like that with them. I forget what your original question was. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. How you get that person onboarded. And the fact of the matter is if you use the same person number of times, they learn things from you and they begin to get into your head and your designs are going to turn out the way you want them the first time more likely. One of exactly. The- we kind of know that from you know places that we've worked. Like I worked with Jeffrey Douglas for years. I'm not sure. You know, oh, he's but- lovely. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, he was probably like my biggest design mentor. And, you know, when I was doing things for projects that he wasn't necessarily that involved in, it was just, well, which everyone, well, which everyone, you know, you know, you know how he would react most of the time at some point, like we've been with him in years. So that's sort of how I assume that these freelancers after a number of projects are, they've heard me say it enough times like, oh, the window should be here, maybe behind me. So the next time they do, you know, an office space will have behind and forever going forward. And, you know, one of the biggest challenges I've had with outsourcing the design, let's say, most of the time I'm really picky and I'm super involved, but let's say I have a situation like you where I'm like, just not that into it. Or or it's like kitchen in a bath, we've done a million of them. I'm just honestly, nah, I'm going to let someone else do this. I have had trouble finding that person who could wow me because even though it's just a kitchen in a great room and we've done a million of them, I do know that this is an important investment for the client that, you know, the client has big hopes and dreams pent on this and I don't want to phone it in. So I've struggled with finding that person who could push me to be more creative, to push me to do something more innovative and interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because that is a struggle that I face all the time because sometimes I wonder, like, is it worth using freelancers? Because, you know, sometimes I just end up, like, redoing things. But I just have to remember that even if they save me 50% of the time, like, it's still worth it most of the time because otherwise I just can't take that project on at all. And there have been a few cases where I just went in and I just thought, you know, I don't like the way they did this and I'll change one thing. And then, you know, before I know it, I've spent like four hours, like almost redesigning the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess as long as your name's on the door, you know, ultimately it's your responsibility to make sure you're providing something that you think your client is going to be really excited about. Yeah. And I do, I've a lot of empathy for clients. Like it's a lot of money. It's their personal money that they're putting into and they're only really doing it once. So I can't. Oh yeah. You're you're feeling the empathy right now with your cottage completely gutted and and a build going on. (laughs) Hard earned money just pouring into things. And half the time send it being mistakes you have to redo. So yeah, there's a lot of human compassion that goes into interior design. Indeed. I definitely see that. But I also know that without the freelancers, I just couldn't take on the amount of work that comes in. And I know that if I want to grow, I obviously just have to hand it off. And you have to also assume that you're not like, you know, you're not God or anything. You're not the best one. There's, you're going to run into freelancers who maybe are more talented than you or have better ideas than you. You just have to accept that other people are talented too, which is a, 
that's hard thing to do. That's what I'm hoping for, right? I want I definitely want people around me who are more talented than me. I've I feel like there's so much I want to learn and I'm not gonna learn it if I keep hiring people below my below my grade kind of thing, you know. I guess if you want to learn to play mm-hmm. tennis, you want to play with someone who's better at tennis than you are. So and it can be challenging to find those professionals. I you know, it's like any anything. Um, you talked about um, responsible hiring and, and not needing to necessarily go right in and get the employees. What are the benefits then of the business owner who's, you know, clearly needs help, um, who doesn't want to put herself in the position I put myself in, which was trying to hire a person who could do everything, which is a disaster, <laughs> or hiring an assistant, which is just lame. The assistant ends up, you know, driving to pick up lunch and coffee and, you know, nah, that's not going to work either. So, I thought you said that because I was considering like, I feel like I need an assistant. Okay, that's lame. So it's gonna Well, yeah, no, unless you're going to be doing a lot of travel and then you can give that person your travel, you know, they do, they book all your flights, they book your hotel rooms, they know exactly like what a pickle you are and, and all the special things you like. What kind of pickles do you like? <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, a pickle is refers to, um, it's an expression we use to refer to that moment where you've been transformed forever. So once you're a pickle, you can't be a cucumber anymore. Oh, you've been pickled. Yeah. yeah. Once you're a pickle, yeah, you can't be a cucumber. That, yeah. You, once you stay at a, you know, an elegant five-star hotel in Paris, you're not going back to a hostel. It's over for you. Mm-hmm. Th- those days are behind you. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's an expensive moment. Um, yeah. So, so hiring a targeted person to do a very specific task, I think is far more satisfying and successful and rewarding than trying to hire a jack of all trades. What, what, uh-huh. other, what other hires could people consider that could be outsourced? Well, that's a good question. And I would say, I don't know, because I only really outsource the designers for now. So talk to me in five to 10 years and I'll have a whole list for you. But right now it's just about the freelancers and well, what tasks do you hate doing do you have a task in your in your day-to-day life that you hate doing I mean I know what I can I would love to have off my plate but how I actually what give it give it to us so I give it to us I guess I don't really like I don't like answering emails that's a big one it gives me a lot of anxiety I don't know why just like the second I sit down open my inbox I just like everything clenches up that sounds like an office manager so I try to get them office manager yeah. or project manager, right? Um, it's, bookkeeping, it's like, it's accounting, that, those are outsourceable. Quickly, quickly, you can I get actually, rid of all that I stuff. Mentioned, I do outsource my book. I only started to recently because I thought, and this is a word to all the new um, entrepreneurs out there, uh, you may think you know what you're doing in your bookkeeping, but it's more complicated than you think. <laughs> Yeah, and there's me. Who, you have to add and, and subtract, but that's, there's more to it than that. I don't begin to think I know what I'm doing. In fact, once in a while, I'll just, I don't know what possesses me, but I'll just decide I'm going to send something to a client because, you know, to it's the weekend and I'm getting caught up and I'm going to just get this little, dash this little thought off to the client and send him a bill for something. And every single time it's wrong and it's embarrassing. And I was like, God, just stop doing it. Just stop doing it. <laughs> I, I'll give you an example. I had, I owed someone a credit note. It was a substantial credit note, $10,000. And I was so excited to tell them that we discovered that they had already given us a $10,000 allowance on artwork and we had failed to credit that to them. So I'm all like, oh, I'm feeling good. Like we're, we have so much integrity. I'm going to give you back this $10,000, which 
I don't even think they would have noticed that we kept. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I sent it forward and the, and the client um, says, can you also include the, the tax that would have been part of that. And I'm like, don't mm-hmm. right. That's somebody who knows numbers, really would obvious, have been but, uh, super obvious to somebody who knows numbers. So it's like, okay, yeah, you have integrity, but you're a moron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely dumb dumb. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. I definitely had that when I started, there was a client once that emailed me back and saying like, you didn't include tax all this. And I was like, well, Glad they have integrity because that's something I would have been paying them. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. And we've had a lot of those clients who have integrity who let us know that we've made an error in in against against our better interest or in their favor. Um, mm-hmm. And that boy, that kind of restores your. Um, faith in humanity when that happens. But then we have clients, we particularly have a client right now who's just really tricky. He's asked if he could use a credit card to pay design fees, to which I said, absolutely not. Then could he use a credit card to pay uh, other bills? And I said, absolutely. You have to pay the 4% fee as stated in the contract. And he said, well, he didn't want to pay the fee. And I said, I really appreciate you don't want to pay the fee, but nor do I want to. (laughs) Right. I don't want to pay it either. So uh, we have a problem. Anyway, then he went around and quietly asked Isoon if he could just use a credit card this one time for a bill. And she was like, no. Like, it, I think I won't tell anyone. I, right. This isn't that just really felt like a lack of integrity. So now I'm on a new footing with this client where I'm like, hmm, all right. Mm-hmm. I think you've shown yourself. Um, it's a complicated business and I can't be expert at everything. I can't, I don't have enough hands to keep, you know, to keep them in every pie. So I find those tasks that I can outsource to someone who knows what they're doing are my favorite things about the business, you know? I love that task. (laughs) Well, it's, yeah, it's nice to be in a position when you can start outsourcing like that. I was going to ask with that scenario, do you find that you're in a position now, like, you know, you're at a certain level of success. If something happens like that with a client, do you just say, no, no, red flag, we just have to sort of shut it down? Does that happen often? You know, yeah. If this had happened prior to um, the presentation, and I've said this a few times recently, the presentation is the off-ramp. It's the last moment where I can get out of a project clean. After mm-hmm. that, after I take the client's money and I do a lot of ordering and you know organizing trades and all that kind of stuff, I can't get out of the project until it's over. It's, we're mm-hmm. in this together. So there were no red flags like that prior to the presentation. And then after the presentation, lots of red flags. Lots, lots have emerged. And very, by, all, by, by everyone's estimation, lovely clients. So I, I can't mm-hmm. quite figure out what's happening. What is it? Just a power struggle? Anyway, I'm not a therapist for goodness sake, uh, but I, <laughs> you know, I'm glad that I have the boundaries I have because I need them. I constantly need them. There, I'm still wired to say, yeah, sure, no problem. Like, you know, and it is a problem. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's funny that, you know, it's, it's something that you have to struggle with all the time. It's kind of like, I don't know, for example, some people's like weight struggles. It's like, you can't just lose weight once and then it's off forever. Like it's just, it's an ongoing thing. Like your instinct is to say, yeah, sure. 
and you've overcome that in the past, but it's not something that's overcome forever. It's something you have to keep yeah. checked all the time. Oh, I'm so grateful. I've never had a weight problem. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Now I'm gonna just going to go have some ice cream. <laughs> I'm like, wow, can I think of a better example? I could not have a very moment. <laughs> I'd already opened my mouth. Um, I was going to ask you, have you ever had a nightmare about a client? Because I feel like that's a red flag because I had one <laughs> and I was like, this isn't good. Did I you? Think I need what happened? I did, yeah. It was just this, like, it was weird, you know, it was a dream, so it was weird, but it was just like, it was bad. And when I woke up, I was like, I just need to get rid of them. And then it wasn't too long after, like, maybe within that week, they sent an email saying, like, we're just going to put things on pause. It's like, hallelujah, it is wow. reciprocal. Maybe they had a nightmare about me. Who knows? Wow, you may have dodged a bullet. I think so. Yeah. It's just like those little things that I you, know, you tell yourself, just stick, stick, stick to it. You know, they're good people, but sometimes mm, you just don't trust people. your gut. I had a nightmare last night that I went to like a spa with, with my daughter was there and oh, yeah, and I was all like, oh, <laughs> relaxed in the chair and everything. And then the next thing is the, the person, the nurse or whatever says, okay, wake up. And I'm like, wake up. What? wake up. What do you, anyway, and then I look in the mirror and I've been given all of this like filler and Botox and my <laughs> lips are enormous and my chin, my chin is enormous. <laughs> like for some reason they put like a cushion in my, know. and I was like, Oh my God. And I woke up thinking, I know I'll wear a mask. <laughs> That's what I woke up. Oh, <laughs> and I wake up, I feel my chin. Okay. It's the same, you know, Age, aging chin, but it's oh, mine. Yeah, it was kind of terrifying. I guess I have been thinking a lot about maybe it's time to go and get some fillers, but I keep seeing examples of people. Of yeah, I keep seeing examples. I'm like, no, I can't have that happen to me. I just can't. I don't think I can handle it. I know. It. It's so tricky, isn't it? It's like rolling the dice with your face. Like if it was your foot, you understand your foot, sure, roll the dice with Go that for it. Face. Yeah. Tackle, try my ankles. My ankles look so young. <laughs> All right. We end every episode. This was fun, by the way. I loved having this conversation with you. And uh, thank you for be, being willing to share that. And I will, bef before I ask, actually, for you to give us your design intervention, tell us how we can uh, hire slope agents. <laughs> that sounds very like, tell me how I can get That's my slope agent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, our spies, you can find them at, uh, it's uh, sloped.io. So S-L-O-P-E-D dot I-O. Sloped. Okay, got it. All right. So if you're thinking of outsourcing and you want to try SketchUp, this could be your opportunity. It's amazing. This is not a paid sponsorship. We haven't tried it yet, but Joanne is a Business of Design member and has a great pedigree and uh, super smart. And speaking of super smart, I loved your design intervention. So tell us the advice that you got years ago and how you use it. So it was a phrase called, I was listening to some podcast, I think it was a Tim Ferriss podcast, and he had a guest on, um, it was an author, and she wrote a book called Bird by Bird. And she, you know, she went through her whole life history, but covers the, that phrase exactly. And she was saying that at some point, her younger brother, when they were in their teens, they had, over the summer, he was given a project that was to, like, do a write-up on a bird per day over the summer. And then it was, you know, like a week before school started, he was just having a meltdown because he hadn't even started. And his father was comforting him saying like, it's okay, just go bird by bird and you'll get there. Just do a few birds a day. And 
And that was something that she just adopted just bird by bird. And I, and it's the same as like, take it one step at a time. There's a lot of phrases like this, but it's just, it's so much more gentle and lovely when you're thinking bird by bird and you're thinking of that exact example. You just did it one bird at a time. He got the assignment done. That is, I love that. I, for some reason, I thought that that was your dad and that that happened to you. And I thought, oh, that is just, oh, to have a dad who comes up with these kinds of like great, like homespun truths and wisdom would have, you know, just be awesome. Uh, my dad would have said, you are screwed. That's what my dad would have said to me. And then I would have said, I'm not going to fail. Yeah. But bird by bird is so smart, right? And that's how I tackled transforming my business. I just, what's the one thing that's killing me today? I got to fix that one thing. And you fixed SketchUp. Mm -hmm. So bird by bird. I like that a lot. Joanne, I almost forgot to ask you, you have another invention that was born out of your ability to innovate, I would say. Tell us about that. A few years back, I had this issue where, and you'll know what I mean when you get a, a, a drawing that's not to scale and you can't really measure anything on the drawing. Yeah. So this, uh, shout out to Jeffrey Douglas, this was his biggest pet peeve when I was um, doing drawings for him. I'd give him something that said half an inch scale, but it was actually some other scale. I don't know what it was and it would just drive him absolutely mental. And... And so I thought if only there was like a ruler that you could, there was a screen on it that you could like create custom scales or, you know, just like completely customize. And so I thought, this is my invention. I need to do it. Like, this is a thing. It's not a thing. And, you know, of course I like scoured the internet. Is there anything like this? And so I spent pretty much the last five years inventing this and developing it. And it was going to be available for sale. No. (laughs) I want to try (laughs) this out. I would love to try this out. How many times you go to a consultation, someone's bought a new condo and they give you a plan and you're like, I don't have any idea what size sofa you're going to put in this room. I, I'm not guessing. Yeah, that's exactly. And real estate agents for them too, because you have a, you have a drawing that says this room is 10 by 20. You're like, okay, but I don't know anything else about this space. And right. you can customize the scale and then you can measure anything on the drawing. That's Or incredible. say you want to convert it to metrics. So you're like in the States and you get a Canadian drawing that says this is 2.5 meters. And you're like, well, I don't know what that means. So you just you select the convert button and it shows you everything in, in Imperial. I will send you one. What is, the, you can, what is the ruler uh, you called? It's called a smart scale ruler. Smart scale ruler. And how are we going to be able to buy them? You can go to smartscaleruler.com and in probably about two months, it'll be available for sale. By the time this airs, we'll hold off so that it's available for sale. And what I'll do, if you'll send me one, I'll try it. And at the top of the show, I'll describe how I used it and how it works. And then we'll put a link in the show notes for you because that... That seems like, I feel like that's a that's an invention you could retire off of. You know, that would be amazing. So. <laughs> so I hope you patent it because I do. Everybody's going to copy that. Yeah. Wow. I'm you're one. Smart. You're smart. One. You're one smart woman. Wow. Congratulations. That's incredible. Thank you. It has been a really long journey with that, and a really a big struggle because I did a Kickstarter for it five years ago, and people waiting for it are not kind. Right. <laughs> Let me tell you. I bet. Yeah. That's funny. Um, The only thing I, the only Kickstarter I ever contributed to was a ruler and it was a ruler slash pen. It was a heavy metal and the, the pen slid into the ruler. 
So you pulled out the pen and the ruler stayed. And I thought, oh, so pretty. I love it. And that's the only thing. chances that your Kickstarter was another ruler. I know, right? Yeah. I just, you know what? I like rulers. I like rules. I like organization. I like neatness. I like drafting. I like everything to do with rulers. Yeah. I want a rule. Yeah. There's no question about it. The word drool, maybe not that so much. No, no, no. Amazing, Joanne. Thanks so much. I hope you'll come back again. I also, sorry, I keep No, you're fine. Don't you worry. I I might look familiar to you. I had a mask on, but I did um, stop you. I had this experience that people have when they listen to podcasts and they forget that it's a one way relationship. But at the IDS, I don't think it was the last one, but the one before that, I just saw you walking around. I was like, Kim! And, uh, yeah, and I started talking to you. like, oh, hi, you're, you know, being so polite, like you knew me. And I was like, oh, I just realized you don't know me at all. So, You know, that is a real thing. Wow. We were at the Arrow Theater in Santa Monica, and there was this guy. And I went right up to him. I'm like, hey. And then I realized he's an actor. He's an actor who I don't even know his name. He's like one of those actors who's in everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he, he was in Mrs. Maisel. He was the comedian, the really snarky, nasty comedian. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just finished. I've got one episode to go. Oh, it's, do you know who I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. He did yeah, a commercial or something. I think it was in Mad Men 2 playing the same kind of character. Anyway, um, I went straight up. Hey. And then he saw the moment where I realized, oh, shit, I don't know you. And you're an actor. He saw the moment. He just smiled and laughed. And I said, great movie. Have a good night. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember where I know you from. And it has nothing to do with our personal lives. And that's what happened to me with you. And I think it's even more with podcasters because you know them on a personal level. Yeah, level. yeah it's true. You're like, this is my friend. I know them. I know, like, their lives. They share things. So yeah, it's just like some wall is broken. It's true. I and I'm going to tell you this just one other story. We were in an elevator one night with a friend of mine, Karen Adler, who I haven't seen in years. I don't even know where she is. She maybe lives in Florida now. But Karen, uh, we had gone out for drinks and we'd had a few, and we were like just silly and laughing. We get in this elevator, and Karen says to me in a loud kind of drunk whisper that guy plays hockey with our, with Bob and Mark, our husbands. I'm like, no, he doesn't. He doesn't play hockey with Bob and Mark. No, he plays hockey with Bob and Mark. No, no, he doesn't play. And he's now he's got a little smile on his face. And, and I said, no, that is, that is Kiefer Sutherland. And he does not play hockey with Mark. And then he just starts cracking up. He starts cracking up. He goes, I do play hockey. And he said, but not with Bob and Mark. <laughs> you can turn to him, Kiefer. Do you play with Father? I know exactly. This it happens. It happens. Okay, awesome, Joanne. Thank you so much. Good luck with the cottage renovation. Thank you, and it was very nice speaking to you as well. Thanks for letting me pitch uh, the okay. reward. And now, when you see me at IDS, say hello. I'll know you. Yeah, you'll probably recognize me a bit more, and I won't have a mask on. So exactly, that helps too. <laughs> All right, stay well. Thanks for listening and supporting the BOD mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. If you're ready to implement an exact business model for running a streamlined, profitable business, field tested by thousands of design professionals around the world, head to businessofdesign.com and get started today. It's time to dramatically improve your business and transform your life.